Hello and welcome to Short Briefings on Long-Term Thinking. Thanks for joining us. I'm Malcolm Borthwick, Managing Editor of Intellectual Capital at Bailey Gifford. If you want to invest in a fund or trust that generates a regular income, stick with blue-chip companies such as BP, Shell or HSBC. At least that's the perceived wisdom. Three times as many income investors opt for UK equity trusts as for global trusts. James Dow, Joint Manager of Global Income Growth Fund and Scottish American Investment Company, also known as Saints, takes a different view. The reasons? The good, the bad and the unbelievably great. But before we start the conversation, some important information. Please remember that, as with all investments, your capital is at risk and your income is not guaranteed. James, your case to invest globally for income. The good seems the best place to start. Tell me more. So to give you some very rough numbers, if you restrict yourself to the UK market and you say, I think about income, it will only be UK companies, our estimates, you're looking at about maybe 200, 250 companies in totality to choose from. And that's companies that pay a dividend as a basic starting point and are reasonably large and and, and one can invest in them. um, They're liquid enough to invest in. So so it's around 200, 250. Not bad. If, though, you say, well, hang on, uh, why shouldn't I invest overseas? Why shouldn't I go global for income? That number increases to about 2,500 literally 10 times as many as if we just restricted ourselves to the UK market. So um, that that would definitely be number one good of uh, an investor who's prepared to look globally for income. What what comes with that, I, I'd say, is the the opportunity then to diversify your portfolio. So not just pick the best companies out there, the, the ones that you really like and are passionate about. But the UK market, in some respects, is a little bit of a narrow market. There are some very big banks in there. There are some oil companies. But the traditional dividend-paying companies are from a relatively small number of in- industries. Once you go global, again, you've got that fantastic benefit of, of diversification. So give you an example, um, um, investment that's worked very well for, for Saints the past few years um, and we're, we're big fans of um, is a, a, a Chinese a footwear company called Anta, Anta Sports. A lot of people haven't heard of it, but if, if you're living in China, you'd know it was sort of the Nike, Adidas um, of the local market or the you know, the, the national team and or presently where, where's the Anta logo with pride on his chest, that kind of thing. Great company, um, fantastic founder who's driven amazing growth in the company over time, um, originally making trainers for the likes of Nike Adidas, but then setting up his own brand and saying, hey, I can do this and I can do it with better technology and I can really build a brand here. Fantastic growth story, strongly committed to dividends. So why do you think so many income trusts and funds just focus on UK companies? If one owns a UK uh, equity income trust, let's say, and you're thinking about going global, one of the things that will strike you straight away is that you typically get a some slightly lower yield, dividend yield on a global income trust. And what roughly, what's the difference? So um, somewhere around 4% uh, forward-looking yield, uh, I would say, on a UK trust today, somewhere in that ballpark. I mean, some push it further. Um, that raises questions to our minds about chasing yield, frankly. But, you know, let, let's say about 4 And Saints would be just north of 3 at the moment in the, sorry, in the same market environment. So th- there's, a, there's a little bit of a drop in yield in the near term. That, I think, probably puts quite a few people off or, you know, two minds about it. Well, hang on a minute, aren't I cutting my income? Now, the the way that I would 
suggest is helpful to think about this and obviously up to the individual at the end of the day to choose is um, don't confuse next year's yield with long-term income the the four percent yield if it's stagnant or only grows a little bit compared with a three percent yield that grows robustly ahead of inflation year after year very much saint's aim very much what saints has delivered over time um, that gap will close quite rapidly so it, yes okay the first year or two you are taking a little bit of an income penalty so if you're thinking of let's say you're in retirement and you are thinking well another 10 15 20 30 year time horizon the compounding effect of um, growth in that income which I would say is more likely to be delivered from a global trust than a purely UK focused trust um, will end up giving you a better return in terms of income and capital But is it also because a lot of investors maybe aren't aware that you can invest globally for income? Um, that that may be part of it as well I mean, that, funnily enough that's actually how I thinking about the, the benefits of going global in terms of the, the good the bad and the unbelievably great. The 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 origin of that is is actually my mum. So my mum's in retirement. She'd had one of these health checks with her IFA. She'd come back. I was speaking to her. On the, uh, how how did it go, mum? It's it oh, it's it's fine. You know, no 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 cause for panic or anything like that. I was thinking, good, that's good news, good start. <laughs> um, she said, oh, but I did have a question. Which is, you know, I've got a lot of these income funds in my in my retirement portfolio. I said, okay, she said, yeah. I said, was was Saints in there by any chance? And she <laughs> said, well, 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 no, it wasn't. And that's that, that's really what I wanted to to, to ask you about. You know, uh, you know, what, what's what's wrong with it, kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, okay, I said, well, I, 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 Mum, you know, the reason I'm pretty sure that it's not in there is because of this focus that most income investors have on the UK. They they just don't realise sometimes the, the benefits of going global. Um, the, 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 that doesn't come onto their radar. There's no natural reason necessarily to think about that. And, and so my, my mum's clever idea on the back of that, she said, well, if you want to ever persuade people of this, you, you need to talk more about the good, the bad and the ugly. Not, not just to tell them the good, but the whole unvarnished truth, because people you know, see through it if you just tell them all the good things. Uh, trying to do that, I, I honestly couldn't come up with an ugly. There are some bad things, I think we'll probably come on to those. But um, for, to my mind, there's the good, the bad and the unbelievably great because going global has so many benefits, so many great things going for it when you're an income investor. And moving on to, as you were leading to the, the bad, yes, that's bound up in currency risk, isn't it? And we've seen a lot of currency volatility, particularly around Brexit recently. How does that translate into volatility for saints well it's it's a good point because for sure currency is one of those things that it's, it's in the the bad box for going global for income it's very solvable some foreign currencies fall in value against sterling that gives you a lower value in sterling there's that that currency impact potentially on your income stream i think that's a a concern that's often in people's minds about investing overseas is that currency question that currency volatility now let me tell you how we manage it on Saints, um, and uh, I think this is more widely applicable as well. First, diversification is incredibly helpful. So not investing, and Saints does not do this, um, all of your overseas money in a single currency or market. So diversifying across 
multiple markets and currencies and trying to do that is a huge help, a great starting point for diversifying out that volatility. Second thing that you can do to help with currency is focusing on companies that are growing their dividends. Now that's going to sound a bit odd, probably. What's what's growth got to do with currency? That's a different thing, right? But if you've got a portfolio of companies where the dividends are growing strongly, growing in real terms, that gives you a lot of flexibility to swallow currency moves. Last thing that's very helpful for Saints, um, and this is a benefit of any investment trust, of course, is the, the revenue reserve. In years gone by, the board of Saints has tucked away a portion of its uh, overseas earnings every year and built up a buffer. One of the several levers the board has to pull on Saints is the revenue reserve. If sterling for some reason rallied very strongly against overseas currencies and the the, the value of our overseas income on the trust dropped, um, the board could easily top that up, that lost income up from the revenue reserve in that year and help smooth the progression. That's one of the reasons why Saints has uh, such a long record of paying a growing dividend. Um, in fact, even more impressively, the last time there was a cut in the Saints dividend was back in 1938. Was that due to the war? It was cut. Or... It was yes. It was due to um, dollar uh, repatriation by the government. Um, it was so severe for the Saints portfolio that um, there was no choice but to, to, to cut the dividend in that year. So um, it, extreme, extreme events. Insane. Never say never, but. Um, Every year since then, um, the, the, the board has at least held the dividend flat or in, in many cases grown it for uh, 38 consecutive years now. Uh, we've seen growth. So we've looked at the good, we've looked at the bad, now the unbelievably great. And you've got various examples of amazing dividend-paying companies. What do you look for in these companies? So the companies really are the un- unbelievably great because, especially with our bottom-up stock-specific approach, um, the, the companies that one can find in the world paying a dividend, there are just some wonderful, wonderful investments out there. Um, One of the first things that we're looking for um, is uh, companies with exciting growth opportunities. So um, an example of that, uh, Sonic Healthcare, uh, is an Australian-based lab testing company. So if you've Uh, given a a sample, a tissue sample, a blood sample or whatever it might be, chances are it's been analysed in one of Sonic's labs somewhere around the world. They're based in Australia, but they have labs all around the world. And this is a business that our judgment has been, it's been an investment for several years, um, that it has a fantastic growth opportunity over multiple years ahead of it. Because what the, the company uh, have it's run by a, a former pathologist who saw an opportunity and said oh, you know, we could set up independent labs that could be really efficient really well run help support doctors in making clinical decisions um, provide these tests at reasonable cost back to them um, and do that globally and they've built a business that's not only done that many years but still has a huge growth opportunity ahead of it often it's um, outsourcing from um, hospitals in US or Canada, Germany, where, Switzerland, wherever it might be, um, where a hospital is saying, you, you, you can do this more efficiently and more effectively on our behalf and more accurately. Um, bring your expertise to bear and you do it. And that opportunity to um, set up new labs all over the world is still a very large and very compelling one. So uh, that, that growth 
um, angle, you know, what is the multi-year growth opportunity for any company is a, is a prime thing that we're looking for with any investor, investment. On top of that, we want the company to generate uh, healthy cash flow and dividends because we're not just looking for growth. We're looking for growth and income combined. That's what gives um, our, our investors, we think, a, a great return over time. And so in Sonic's case, not only do they have a fabulous management team with huge experience, with a fantastic growth opportunity, but they're also very committed to paying back dividends to shareholders. We'd much rather invest, and we do invest, in naturally capital-like cash-generative companies. So that that's a common feature across the, uh, the portfolio that you, you would see, whether it's Sonic, whether it's Apple, whether it's C.H. Robinson, whether it's Experian, whether there's countless companies like this that we can invest in. And just to end the podcast, James, there's one question I need to ask, ask you. The good, the bad, and the unbelievably great, what, what happened to the ugly? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe that's me. No, I don't know. Um, I, I honestly can't think of an ugly of, of global investing. They're, they're those bad that we talked about, the things that you need to be aware of, but ultimately are solvable. We can't pretend it's all easygoing and there are no issues whatsoever. But I don't think there's really any any ugly in there, especially when you're dealing with two and a half thousand different companies, um, you know, finding great, well-run businesses, motivated, founder-run managements. The, the, it, it's the, the positive far outweighs the negative. Well, let's end it there, James. I hope you'll come and join us on the podcast again soon. Thanks very much for joining us. Okay, thanks. Thanks. You can find our podcast, Short Briefings on Long-Term Thinking at baileygifford.com. And many thanks to Lord of the Isles for the music. The track we've used is called Horizon Effect, which was released on permanent vacation. <laughs>